Hello, this is Pearls on Tuesday, where we aim to create and celebrate the beauty of ordinary moments in an extraordinary way. Today's podcast is the first session of a reading from the book, A Very Virginia Christmas, compiled and edited by Wilford Kale. I live in southeastern Virginia, and I came across this book many years ago and enjoy pulling it out and reading it every year. I hope you will too. First, I will share the inside cover. Just about everyone has a special memory of Christmas and the holiday season. It may involve an unexpected gift, a family tradition, or a special event. Virginians have been making these memories for more than 400 years. In this volume, noted Virginia writer Wilford Kale has collected some of the best Virginia Christmas memories and traditions. In wartime and peace, and from times of need to those of feasting, Virginians have always found ways to celebrate the holidays. You will discover what Christmas was like for Captain John Smith, George Washington, or Booker T. Washington. Share memories of Virginia Christmases from the Eastern Shore and South Side to the Shenandoah and the mountains of Appalachia. Learn of Virginia's first Christmas tree and William and Mary's Yule Log. Remember the magic of Miller and Rhodes' legendary Santa and the Richmond Christmas pageant. As you read, you'll share family feasts, discover the origins of some of Virginia's favorite experiences, and enjoy the variety of celebrations over the centuries. The first story is by Earl Hamner, a famous Virginia writer who wrote many of the Walton's series stories. He said, today I live far from the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia, but I still call them home, even though I work and live in the Hollywood Hills in Los Angeles, California. How far I have come from those depression days. In my Christmas memory, I tell of a night at the Baptist Church Christmas pageant when we were children and we each received a rare gift, an orange. Today, from my study, I look across the expanse of azure water of my very own swimming pool to where we have planted an ornamental orange tree. I pick an orange from time to time, and each time I do, I look back to that night during the Depression. They were years of great poverty, but in them we were richer than we knew. This is Earl Hamner's uh, story entitled, A Christmas Memory. 
When I was growing up in Nelson County, Virginia, during the Great Depression, all the seasons seemed filled with a sense of wonder. I remember the dogwood spring, the watermelon summer, the russet and golden leaves of autumn, and frosty mornings that marked the waning year. With the coming of fall, the pace of our lives quickened. The cry of the blue jay and the crow became more strident a warning that winter was about to descend upon us. The world became alive with intense color as the leaves turned watermelon red, lemon yellow, and pumpkin gold. After the frost killed the vines in the vegetable garden, we gathered the last of the green tomatoes, and the following day, my mother's kitchen would be filled with the pungent aroma of green tomato relish. Finally, the long, silent winter would flow down from the mountains, across the sleeping fields, the frozen lakes and ponds, and into the woods and hollows, where only the deer and the beaver, the squirrel and the rabbit were at large. The first hint of Christmas came with the arrival of the mail-order catalog from Sears and Roebuck. We called it the Wish Book. And while the great winter storms raged across the Blue Ridge, we would gaze wistfully at each page and dream our Christmas dreams. Charlottesville was 24 miles away, and a walk down Main Street there during the Christmas season was as awesome as a journey through the streets of ancient Baghdad. Unlike the muddy country roads we knew, the city had paved streets with stoplights and streetcars and fancy window displays. We were foreign to all that sophistication and we showed it in our country clothes and country ways. We had little money to spend, but we did a lot of window shopping with music at street corners provided by the Salvation Army playing a tinny version of it came upon the midnight clear. We had picked out our Christmas tree in July. We found it while picking blackberries up on Witts Hill. It was a six foot tall cedar laden with cones and a pungent evergreen scent. A week before Christmas, we brought it inside and set it up in a corner of the living room. We strung lights on it and its fragrant presence permeated the house. It was as if we had captured some wild thing in the woods, brought it home and tamed it with tinsel and homemade icicles. Ideally, there was a snowstorm on Christmas Eve. If the flakes were small, my grandfather would predict the storm would continue for days. Sometimes it would diminish gradually at dusk, the moon would rise, and we from our window would witness a frozen cathedral of trees with crystal icicles clinging to the branches. On Christmas Eve, bundled against the cold, we crunched our way down the snow-covered path to the Baptist Church. The steepled white clapboard building beckoned with the warmth of a pot-bellied stove and the sounds of country voices celebrating the birth of Jesus. The highlight of the evening was the Christmas pageant. Mothers had worked for weeks to improvise costumes for shepherds, wise men, and the Holy Family. 
Others had rehearsed the actors who would portray Mary and Joseph. A manger had been set up, and a doll, the symbol of the baby Jesus, rested in the creche. Our minister read the story with such power and drama that it was as if it were taking place right before our eyes. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. As he read, three shepherds approached and with the wise men gathered together to admire the baby Jesus. All the while the choir hummed Silent Night, Holy Night. We were transported to Bethlehem. No more stirring drama was ever witnessed on the great white way itself. When the service was over, Santa Claus arrived. We knew he was really Mr. Willie Simpson who sang so loud in the choir. We recognized his voice from his ho, ho, ho's. From a burlap sack, he distributed a single orange to each of the children. We walked home through a frozen landscape, the sounds of our footsteps muted in the snow, the melodies of the old-time carols still resounding in our ears. The crystals of snow sifted down through the crusted overhead branches. In our hearts, the spirit of Christmas had awakened. We did not feel the cold. We held oranges in our hands. Editor's Note In his novel, The Homecoming, which became a television movie and precursor to the Walton's television series that ran for nine seasons in the 1970s, Earl Hamner wrote about how the Spencer family's father was late coming home on Christmas Eve. Clayboy, the oldest child, went out looking for him while the others anxiously waited at home with their mother. The beginning and ending of this Christmas story add another flavor of a Virginia Christmas long ago. Looking from her kitchen window, Olivia Spencer observed the ashen sky. It did not feel like Christmas. That moment which had always come in other years, that mingled feeling of excitement and promise, which she called the Christmas spirit, had evaded her. Christmas had always been a time of rejuvenation to Olivia, a time to reaffirm her faith in God's goodness, to enjoy the closeness of friends and family, a time to believe in miracles again. From the girls' room, Becky called, Good night, Luke. And Luke answered, Good night, Becky. Good night, Patty Cake. And Patty Cake called, Good night, Luke. Good night, Mama. And Olivia answered, Good night, Patty Cake. Good night, Shirley. Other voices joined in a round song of good nights until all the people in the house had said so many good nights that they could not remember when they had said, who they had said goodnight to and whom they had not. To keep the whole goodnight chorus from starting all over again, Clay called, Good night, everybody, and Merry Christmas, and gave a long, sleepy yawn.
which was the signal that everyone had been bidden a proper good night. The house fell silent and they slept. Around the house, the world lay bright as day. The moon blazed down its cold light on an earth that was touched with magic. An ancient wind sighed along the ridges of crusted snow. Angels sang and the stars danced in the sky. Take good care of you and yours.